0: Let us not be ashamed to speak what we shame not to think. Michel de Montaigne In a realm abound with fragility and fabrication, truth is forced underground. We must, as sentinels do, provide sanctuary to the marketplace of ideas. And so, let us prepare to proclaim boldly and contend forthrightly before the court. This is Candor and Counter.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Candor and Counter. I'm David. I'm Sean, and I'm Chris. Uh, it's a Candor Week it is it's candor week hold on it actually I feel like we say that every time it's candor week
2: well we, we pretty much do because every time we record yeah well, was, that's what I was gonna say it's
0: like it's all it's counter week and candor week every time we record <laughs> I think I I think I had this same like thought process
2: and interaction in a in previous candor episode where I was like, well, I guess I'm always
0: looking forward to recording day because it's always candor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if If you guys don't know, we sit down and we record after research and we do the candor episode. And then right after that, we do the next new topic.
1: We do the counter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't know. <laughs> Good. If you guys didn't know, we sit down to record the counter episode for a topic that we've been studying on. And then afterward we record the candor on a new topic
2: immediately. Right,
0: immediately after so that it doesn't require us to get together as often and set everything up and all of that stuff. And so we, we knock more out at once and so anytime we get it together, we have like for a candor episode we have just finished the counter episode and so this is our final episode for the night even though this is the first episode for a new topic it's a little it's it feels yeah. backwards but like it is it does
1: by, by the time, yeah by the time you're hearing this it will have been two weeks since we recorded it. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah
0: but this is yeah. a delayed release correct um that way everything stays on schedule right
2: and I don't I don't know if you have really talked about this before, but since we've started doing this two week recording format, do we research the candor the whole two weeks or just one week after? That's personally up to you.
1: Yeah. You usually I keep it within a seven day period. Yeah. Somewhere within that two weeks. Here's what I do. I
0: I research on and off. All two weeks because there are days when I'm editing and I don't do any research.
1: Mm. That's enough. An and then idea. there,
0: and then like there's uh, days when I'm totally full and I can't do either one. And so I, I just except sometimes I'm able to listen to something or, but I'm not able to sit down and yeah. and do a lot. And there, so it's mine is sort of spread out. I would say between both weeks because I'm editing a different episode each week and
1: I'm usually surprised. At how quickly we can... I think it's just because with practice. Because when we started, it was rough. Yeah.
0: There was a good learning curve. Yeah.
1: But, but we not, have
0: it more down to a
1: science now. Yeah. Now that we've done it a few times, a recent episode that we recorded... Or n- not that we recorded. A recent episode that we edited, we finished within two days. It was like a day and a half. Yeah, and it wasn't oh, like we yeah. sat down and
0: worked on it for four hours and yeah. five hours a day or whatever. Like it,
1: I think it was a total of like maybe six, seven hours of work yeah. total between us right. both. Right.
2: We also it was could also be attributed to like the shorter episodes we've had
0: lately. It's been a goal of ours to sort of I I don't know we were trying to understand what the listeners wanted. Yeah, and,
2: and whether they still wanted, sometimes hard to glean anything
0: off of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because apparently some of y'all really loved the hour and 40 minute hour and 50 minute episodes. yeah yeah like, they got
0: some high downloads and the shorter ones weren't doing as well and then all of a sudden the 45 minuteers were shooting up we're hitting it out of the park yeah. and we're like okay is it topic related is it yeah. length related yeah. like what are the
1: we came to the conclusion we don't know
0: <laughs> yeah we don't know so we're just gonna do our best And with the time that we have, because we're fitting two episodes in one evening, and so we need to get our recording time under two hours apiece, and that way we don't spend all day and all night um, behind the mic. So, we're going to introduce a new topic to you guys today, as per our standard ritual, ritual, yeah, during candor, and that'll be Sean today, he'll be our Vanna White. Oh, Vanna. (laughs) Is she still on there? I think so. I haven't watched it in like a decade. Anyway, so Charles I got our got topic, the topic here. Yeah. Okay.
2: Wow, I didn't know his submission was this long. I'll just read it. <laughs> right to repair, planned obsolescence slash disposable electronics and its impact on the environment. E-waste, in parentheses. And then below that, there's another... uh, A a couple other long statements. Apple won't replace a single key on a keyboard. Instead, they will change out the entire circuit board and keyboard. And quote, a ridiculous repair fee. So much for Apple's big talk about not providing cords for new phones. Oh, submitted by... Rodion... Rodion, is that right yeah or Rodion, one of the
0: two all right so
1: right to, to repair. repair
0: right right this is actually i don't know if you guys know how big a deal this is in my industry
1: i love that, oh, know, no. this this is a
0: great topic this is a oh yeah wonderful submission was... by the way because i love this topic and i don't know near enough about it like i, I do know some things about it but like i'm excited to I know specific know pieces
1: more. of information. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know tidbits, but...
1: Like how uh, the a few right-to-repair laws got passed, and then uh, they had to admit, basically made it illegal to put the uh, film, the foil film oh, over game famed. consoles. Yeah, I think that's what uh, Over called. game console pieces. Yeah. Oh yeah, the ones that like void warranties, touched or whatever, oh. and they can yeah. no
0: longer void warranties. Really, I didn't know that. But rights
2: to repair, I don't know really too much about it. I know, I know the basics,
0: really, the concept. Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's talk about that a little bit because before we go into anything that we've heard or, um, yeah, anything, we'll talk we'll about talk what about it is about the actual yep. content. So right to repair, I we should define this as basically as a purchaser as a owner of something that once it becomes your property you have a right to to fix it and maintain maintain it yeah, and it, it, clean it, is, it and it is now your piece of property. Right. And To deny you that right is to deny you ownership. Right. Right. And uh, like a quick example, it would be in my industry, there's a a huge battle in the uh, construction and agriculture industry for the right to repair John Deere tractors. Mm. So they have built proprietary systems and scan tools and equipment and, and special tools and restricting parts access to dealerships only. Mm. Meaning you can't fix it unless the dealership is paid to fix it. And so to maintain their apparatus around the country in the maintenance and repair section, um, they have really locked down the equipment that the people can do anything with right and then right. if there's problems say you have a farm and you have a, a combine out in the field and it something goes wrong then you have to pay to have the technician come out and pay the john deere price to have it fixed no matter what there is no other option right. to do like there is it, the people have resorted farmers construction companies they've all resorted to because they use software now to gps yep. track lock it do whatever they got to do and so they can restrict access to anything. Mm. And so now they, they literally have John Deere hackers who hack farm equipment. Really? Yes. What? Because they have no other choice. These, these are expensive pieces of equipment mm-hmm. and they have to be able to keep them working and, yeah. and fix this and fix that without, especially with their uh, margins coming closer and closer in there. Um, in their farm profits. Right. Spending, you know, $20,000 a year.
1: That's such on the flip side of what you would think. Like, I mean, we live in the South. We know what, what what farming looks like. And it's such on the opposite. Like if you imagine Opa trying to get a, a John Deere representative out to fix his stuff instead of him fixing it himself.
0: Yeah, it's breaking a a a mode of operation that Americans have been under mm, for yeah. centuries. And um, you know, there are still I'm a mechanic by trade. And and I'm a lot of people fix their own stuff. You know what I mean? Like I fix other people's stuff too, but like people fix their own stuff because they're resourceful and they have YouTube. And you can buy the tools online, and yeah. like right, there's all kinds of ways people can do it, and more power to you. You know what I mean? You should be able to use your own brain and your own body to accomplish things yeah. that you're capable of. Mm-hmm. But then, for a company to say, no, we no, because we need to support our infrastructure, yeah. Yeah. you can no longer just at do their that. mercy. Mm-hmm. Now, I believe with an open economy that problem would solve itself over time. Individual people would suffer through the process, but I think that over time, the market would correct itself and people would start buying other stuff. But they are, I mean, John Deere is just monolithic in the agriculture empire. There are other companies, don't get me wrong, but when you're talking about market share, you
2: know... Interestingly enough, uh, whenever I thought about rights to repair, it was always in in the realm of, you know, electronics and like computer type stuff. I've never heard it even talked about within the mechanical and automotive industry.
0: Yeah, it's a sort of specialized industry knowledge, I guess. I mean, I mean, a lot of people know it in the agriculture industry and stuff like that or people in the. Or people that are monitoring the right to repair space.
1: I guess it's also because like we all run into it in different ways. Like I ran into it because I was thinking about building like a, a cooling system for a PlayStation. And I saw the, I remember the void warranty and I was like, that kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that you might run into
0: it if you're in appliance repair or... Yeah. You know, cars or whatever.
2: I suppose it could come up almost anywhere. Anywhere if, if that, you're trying to maintain something yourself.
0: Anywhere that has some kind of good that you're trying to maintain.
2: Like, is it only the big companies
0: that are? I think it's select companies in in the industries. You know, I mean, just like with John Deere, there's other companies that right that don't have that sort of. Lockdown, But I, I also, if you think about it from the other perspective, like imagine their side of it, right? I mean, first that, off, they make money.
1: That's what I was going to mention, yeah.
0: From repair. That's sort of how they maintain yeah. their system by having locations that can stay open to fix things. Mm-hmm. Right? But
1: you also get... That's a portion of it. Companies that get notability, right? For being able to, or for letting people repair their own stuff
2: yeah like it's uh a drawing factor of wanting to buy yeah a particular company's product
0: yeah for some people that's important i mean for some consumers they don't want to have to think about it but for others it's it's the ingenuity and self-care part that is important you know like speak. with my friend
2: Trace. Uh, he's the only reason I've even heard about this movement before. And he, he's like a real big tech guy. Likes messing with computers. Uh, he does coding.
1: Like a huge nerd. <laughs> hey, Trace. <laughs> hey, Trace, if you're hearing this, you know what he said. Yeah.
2: Keep this in. By the way. <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, you know, he's complained about it uh, before. Because,
0: I mean, I guess because it's so rampant these days. I think in the tech space, Apple is a big name. That's true. You know, because they have that sort of, everything is proprietary. Yep. And every, anybody who has ever handled, uh, if you can leave iPhones out of it, but I mean, anybody that's ever handled an Apple computer or Apple product could tell you that, uh, or in any technical repair kind of way I can tell you it's just locked down like it just incredibly difficult they make it incredibly difficult to repair and I think part of that is planned I don't know if that's I don't know if you consider that part of right to repair but like it almost seems like it's intentionally built to not you don't want to fool with it
2: yeah well I mean were you just like buying new one or something
0: or, or you have to bring it to them to be repaired you know what I mean?
2: pay them to
1: do it? Yeah, and pay them. Amount of money.
2: Some companies don't always. I mean, like Nintendo, if you send no, them... yeah. If you send them their stuff, they'll normally repair it for free.
0: Well, I mean, under warranty is a different... That's beast. true. That's, That's a really together. good point.
2: That's a really good point, yeah.
0: Have you guys heard of um, the, the big blow-up that McDonald's had about
1: the ice cream machines and stuff? No. I haven't, no. Are you going to tell me it was something big like they, they planned on those running down...
0: Oh, it's way bigger than yeah.
1: that. Yeah, all right. Go ahead and hit me with it. Was it because ice cream wasn't making the money?
0: Oh, uh, no. Bro, no. everyone. This this totally... Okay, so you know how the meme, the meme is popular. Yeah. Everybody knows oh, yeah. the meme, right? A listener, if you don't know, I mean, it's obvious every time you go to order... Ice cream machine broke. Yeah, so they ran... There are websites dedicated to tracking which ice cream machines are out of service at what time. Impressive. Yeah. So during this... They realize they the statistically speaking, fifteen percent of ice cream machines are down at all the at all times. Is one it a consistent 15%? at any one moment? Yes, at al- almost almost okay, consistent. Yeah. Right. Uh, We're talking but,
1: about like a point one five, point two five. I
0: I don't know the exact percentage fluctuation, but I'm just saying it it is a consistent problem, right? And these machines if you're a franchise holder, you have to buy the equipment that they say you have to buy. Right. And they say, well, you have to buy this $16,000 right. Ice cream maker that doesn't make flurries and whatever. Right. And it's like computerized and it has its own proprietary software and like, right. So you're, you are required to have this machine and serve these products. And so everyone in the company has this machine. Mm-hmm. Okay. These machines are designed and built for McDonald's. They're made by a company called Taylor. Taylor is the only company in the country that is allowed to fix the machine, according to McDonald's headquarters. Yeah. Okay. So 15% of the machines are down. And like 80% of Taylor's profit comes from their repair side of their service. Not their manufacturing of the product. I'm following. Okay. So it costs like a thousand dollars to get somebody to come out, to look at the machine and the machine messes up super easy. Like if it cleaning process doesn't work properly or whatever, it just shuts, it locks itself down as a like food safety measure until a tech comes, until a tech can come out to get to it, to fix it. It's crazy. And so, a lot of the stuff can be simply straightened out, but see the people that are in the stores are just paid hourly that when it goes to error, they tell the manager, the manager tells the owner and nothing happens for a couple of weeks. And then, you know, or or they call the tech right out and well, you're on our waiting list or whatever, but anyway, that's their only option. Right. But a lot of these, there, there are different solutions that could happen, but McDonald's won't, won't let any, any changes right. occur. Right. And so <laughs> with a combination, it, it's very difficult to train a staff that is constantly turning over. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they need to simplify the process and they could do that. They could engineer it, but it doesn't happen, but it doesn't happen because it's profitable. So the person who ends up footing the bill is the franchise owner, not McDonald's corporate. Oh, who- Okay not McDonald's corporate who told them they have to have this machine and have to use these right. repair guys. Right. So this thing has been going on for a while and it's like a public battle now. So then this guy came up with the idea and this is in the right to repair space now because they own the machine.
1: Yeah. They McDonald's bought it, they, told yeah, them they had to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then now McDonald's is telling them they don't have the right to repair the machine. I see. Taylor has the right to repair the machine. Right. And McDonald's told them, you can't, you can't do anything You have to call the tech out, right? So this guy, this engineer, software engineer, goes, creates a flash drive that can fix the machines. (laughs) And it sends a text to the owner or manager or whatever and tells them what's wrong. And so they know what to go do. They don't have to have the tech come out. He Mm. He hacked their software to simplify the process. To make it dummy-proof.
1: He said, I, w- I want McFlurries now.
0: So where it's reproducible <laughs> in every franchise. Right. And then he sold these things. I mean...
1: I mean, yeah, yeah that's profit. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Well, yeah. first
0: of all, it's lost revenue. Second of all, you got to pay the repairman. Right? It's just confusion. Yeah. Unhappy customers. All all the bad things. Right? There's a meme out there in the world because you... That exists. do yeah. your proper right so anyway so then mcdonald's comes out and says you can't do this you can't buy them blah 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 it's a back and forth battle they go to court everything and um then taylor comes out with a flash drive all of a sudden (laughs) (laughs) if you need to buy it you said they We've said enge- you can only buy from Taylor. They've fix. Well, so then the franchise owners start buying the Taylor flash drive. They can't tell what's going on with it. They can't tell what's going on with the ice cream machine. It's too confusing. The flash drive is too confusing. Right. So now they got to call out the tech anyway. Oh my God. So they just, after they bought the flash drive, yeah, well. they just hoodwinked them, man. And so it's just this is the right to repair space. People are just battling for money. And so it comes down to, you know, if you, as the owner have the right to do with the product, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, now McDonald's is a little bit different though. Cause it's under franchise rules. Yeah. So like the rules from up top do dictate what you can do in the store, but I know there are limits and, and, you know, it just depends on their right. specific contracts. But I think as a I mean, my personal opinion as a consumer, I would say it is your property. Now, I don't know how that like you should be able to do with what you want. It is your property and you should be able to do with it what you want. I don't know how I feel about that playing into warranties. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it it is a fair thing to say. uh, Yeah, I'm not covering that because this. Because like, you did this to it. Right. That, like, that's you, not yeah. unfair. Yeah. You go in, you modify a car, you know, and then you, your modifications aren't up to par and you blow an oil line and you burn an engine up. I'm not going to warranty that engine. Right. Right. You do something that can cause the failure. Then they void the warranty, which I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if right to repair is different from right to modify. You know what I mean? That's not.
2: I mean, I think it would just happen to get swept up into the same kind of, it's not the same thing, but you know, pertaining to the issue, they affect the situation the same way.
0: Right. And, And if you're the manufacturer, you have to learn to differentiate between the two. Oh, absolutely. Because if, if, if all you're counting is, is this void sticker broken? Right. Okay. We can warranty whatever's inside. If you say, Well, only if they did something to damage it, then you have to complete an investigation for every single item that comes in. So, like, there is a delicate balance as far as, like, finances go.
1: I feel like right to repair covers any currently existing, any stock pieces, quote-unquote. That are inside any piece of electronic or anything, I guess. So right to modify shouldn't place anything or sorry, right to repair shouldn't place anything that's not stock.
0: And I'm sure that most people understand that. That's a like, you know, if you go changing stuff, you're not supposed to be changing. They're for sure going to like, if you go putting a, like you said a cooling system in something it's it's just right gonna, like
1: if i end up changing the housing for a playstation make it three times bigger and say no it's still under warranty right obviously there's something wrong yeah yeah,
0: yeah. but i think that the main battle is really in the space for like proprietary coverage and software like we talked about with the mcdonald's yeah, situation yeah. i mean
1: that's a super delicate it's balance. like
0: you're are you the actual owner then? Like if you don't have permission to touch it, like if you don't have, are you actually the owner Didn't you paid for ownership, but are you actually the owner? Mm -hmm. And with like a John Deere, you know, if you don't have the right to repair your own tractor, is that your tractor? And if you get into the IT space and you have to have proprietary software and they have encryption locks on stuff. And I, I don't know much about that area. I'm just generalizing. So I may sound stupid, but I'm just saying I could see how they would, you know, say, well, this is ours. We made this and it can't be turned into like something that's open source or whatever. You know what I mean? So I think we pretty well understand how we feel about right to repair. And I'm sure that when we go into this space later on,
1: if it changes, I'll be surprised. (laughs) Yeah, me too.
0: I'll be surprised if it changes too. I think we all have a pretty
1: base understanding.
0: Well, I was going to say similar, Oh, perspective yeah. I mean we're all in the boat where as far as I can tell everybody here is yeah, in the if, boat
1: if I buy it, it should be I yeah. should have yeah full control over what happens with the item or
0: and regardless of what you think as a company let me tell you this right now Americans they're gonna go around your rules oh 100 yeah. <laughs> percent like yeah. they're gonna hire John Deere hackers. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. If that doesn't explain <laughs> yeah. to you how done American farmers, yeah. you know it's like uh hack their own farm equipment, you're done. Just stop trying to stop trying to lock stuff down because you can't even keep farmers out of it. That sounded like
1: a knock on yeah. farmers. It's like just, they're not typically like hackers. Like, <laughs>
0: hackers, yeah.
1: Strict parents make sneaky kids.
0: Yeah. You say don't go in there. Right. They don't go in there that. when you're not
1: looking. Don't touch that. Look. That's
0: mine. Yeah. yeah. Especially when that person owns that thing, and they're, you've officially, <laughs> right. You've yeah. officially yeah. guaranteed that they will be going in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like imagine, you gave your your kid twenty five cents and they went to buy a, pe- a bubble gum with it. Yeah. And you said you can't have that.
0: You have to buy a different piece of right. candy. You have to buy my piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's your piece of candy, but you have to leave it in the wrapper.
1: (laughs) It has to sit on your desk and you can't touch it. Yeah. Any of these analogies work. Yeah.
0: So that's our view on um, right to repair. Right to repair. But next is planned obsolescence.
2: And I can, I can, you know, pick up what this is, but this isn't something I've ever heard of.
1: So it's when a company builds something where it'll destroy itself over time or yeah it's meant a, it's a ch- meant to fail a cheap, cheaper worse version of what could be so a lot of things are made
0: planned to fail at a certain time and make them consumables yes at a regular rate and a predictable rate, so that the market becomes predictable.
1: One of the most popular ones right now are Apple's older iPhones. Um, oh yeah, this is a pretty contentious yes, point. Yes. Yeah. Their um, software degrades very quickly after a certain amount of time.
0: I don't know how they survived this, man.
1: It's been so, it's been big for a long time. Yeah.
0: Like, what, I don't know how they. How they made it yes. through that market nightmare. But like that would sink some companies. Yes, but I absolutely. mean, they they were pioneers and like they were in the space first and had a big market share, but it just blew me away that they were able to lie to their consumers, restrict their access, make their devices obsolete. And just, no, I will say they throttled their products. If you didn't already know, yes, most yeah. people do. But they throttled their products, old iPhones, so that people would go buy new yes. ones.
1: In the beginning, I don't know if it was intentional because when it began, when first people started noticing it, was after a couple of years after like iPhone two or iPhone three. I'm came quite out.
0: sure it was in it. They've admitted to it.
1: Oh yeah, like intentionally mean, doing it. Uh, like I don't know if it was before it was discovered. Apple noticed something was happening and they said we can use this.
0: Oh, you mean you don't know if they kickstarted it or they... If they designed it that way, 100%. Parlayed the idea into something useful.
1: Yeah, Because it's possible the software just degraded itself massively after a certain amount of time and they were like... I could prove myself
0: wrong here, but I believe... I mean, I know in research we'll find out, but I'm pretty sure that they instituted software to throttle devices. Oh, yeah.
1: I think so. But I... I'm curious whether it was something that happened upon. They said, "Actually,
0: I just don't know how can you can feel this. that's ethical at all." I don't either. That's
2: like
1: it's like putting a I mean, time it, bomb straight, in, in no, an item and straight being up like, lying "Here, I'm buying about your products. I'm selling you this yeah. thing. You'll have it for the rest of your life. You can, if you so choose." I mean,
0: I buy technology knowing it's going to get oh, outdated yeah. fairly quickly, but I'm just saying it's still unethical. To do it.
1: I agree. Yeah, I agree. I should be able to have my phone for four years and feel right. as long fine as your phone
0: it. survives and you feel okay, you're comfortable with its speed or whatever. You should just, and it I wasn't agree. because I the agree. device physically has issues or the network becomes outdated or whatever because that happens.
1: But I mean, it's yeah. just like we don't use 3G anymore. Like, I mean, I'm at flip phones still, right? Like, some people, there are a few, oh, we still got use flip phones,
0: but I'm still. saying like an
1: iPhone user. Yeah, yeah.
0: If you had an original iPhone right now, you would want to replace it. Imagine, even if it were running fine.
1: Anyone listening to this, imagine telling your grandfather, grandmother, uh, if they still have a flip phone, that there was a phone that killed itself in two years, three years. And you have to pay
2: $600. Like When they have the flip phone that lasts a century.
1: Right. And
0: they come from, um, you know, consumerism like this has exploded yes they come from an era where your refrigerator would last 50 60 years right where our refrigerators now are part of a planned failure rate like it's gonna only last so long it's not made with the same quality and the engineering is possible to make it quality but instead of paying you know four thousand dollars for a perfectly good awesome refrigerator that will always last you you pay twenty five hundred dollars for one that's only going to last so long but it can also send you recipes
1: you know (laughs) but it, it also goes so much deeper than just like these big things right small things last a certain amount of time light bulbs last a certain amount of time they can last
0: much longer yeah, light bulbs are one of the most well-known planned failures Yeah, in, in the consumer
1: area. Like, they tested and ran all these, and they made them perfect. They lasted for, I don't even remember, but it, it wasn't timed in hours. It wasn't measured in hours.
0: Yeah, years probably. Yeah,
1: and here we are with, you know, less than a year worth. on a a light bulb and
0: it'll it'll. it's an interesting concept because i mean you have to as a light bulb company you have to make money right and a light bulb is fairly cheap to build it's not super expensive so how do you how do you plan for that how do you sell this cheap item when people aren't going to come back and buy it again so i can i can sort of understand how the how the struggle exists because as a business owner you would have to say
2: like how are you gonna stay afloat if everyone already has what you have to sell
0: everybody already bought my cheap thing and they'll be back in 10 years you know and there that's not a a business model right right but it is something that everybody's gonna need right. so you can't not make it you know I it's such a weird place but
1: like I understand how the business can struggle with it but as a consumer man it sucks.
0: Yeah, it, it just makes life that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. And as this economy sort of, we've all seen this subscription model pop up. You yeah, know, yep, this everybody yep, is like, if you go look at your bank account right now and you're a m- sort of modern person with a smartphone and gaming systems and all this stuff and, and social media and everything, go look at your bank account and go and count the number of charges that come out every single month for some kind of service that you've signed up for it is mind-boggling if you just have gone through this yep. and not paid attention and i've had to go through and clear out and cancel accounts and all this oh, stuff yeah, just because you realize yeah. you realize you're five and 10 dollaring it everywhere you know and anyway that's not the topic i was trying to get yeah. into but i'm basically saying they realize that uh consumerism is profitable tapping into regularly Becoming a expenditure is yeah, you know, sure. that's where the yeah. money is at. When you showing it's up not that often, big one time sale that's yeah. going to get
1: you showing up often in small amounts is less noticeable than one big. Exactly,
0: exactly. Apple doesn't want your money from the thousand dollar iPhone. They don't. What they want is fifteen dollars a month for Apple Music, Apple Music or Cloud Pro or whatever the heck you want to. You know what I mean? Like any service. Yeah, pick one of the or 17. Or even better, spend 50 and bundle it all together, you know? And it's just in the in the market for taking more and more and more of these. Coming out of your account regularly and being comfortable with it is what they want. Mm-hmm. And that has more to do with subscription than it does with obsolescence, but. It, it lines up. Yeah, I mean, when you they plan on the consumerism and the consumer learns to expect it. So when you ride that train long enough and people go, okay, I know, well, my cell phone only lasts two years, three years, or someone goes, well, the refrigerator has been here five years. That's probably about, I mean, it was going to crap out sometime soon, or this AC unit's only been here 10 years. So it's on its last leg. And then you realize, you know, some older buildings have 70 year old AC (laughs) units, you know? Right. I, it's just, you can go on Facebook or Craigslist right now and buy a refrigerator from 1954 and it's still running. <laughs> but, can you? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. But you can go and buy. I'm, I mean, obviously not all of them are still running. Sure. I'm just saying, like, yeah. But there is no,
1: you can find one that's been upkept and like still working Right. Yeah.
0: And they can be maintained too. Yeah. They don't make it, uh, You know, if you have a problem,
1: (laughs) this also leads on the, and the right right to repair. repair Sure. That's
0: why it's in the same question because it's just all interconnected. I mean, they make these appliances. I got a, I had water leaking out of it. This is totally sort of small potatoes, but (laughs) I had a, a, my refrigerator leaking water. Now I wasn't blocked from repairing it. Right. But. Diagnosing like where right, what's it, going yeah. on there's nothing like well I guess that's not really a fair comparison if I were to compare a refrigerator to the old days you had an ice tray so, <laughs> no right. right you had two it,
1: boxes you didn't have an
0: ice maker that, that's what you get with convenience as well you know you get easy open drawers and ice makers <laughs> and lights so I don't know I guess I shouldn't complain sometimes
1: right most of these are first world problems but like, yeah. if not all of them but, but it, I mean, it doesn't
0: mean they couldn't build a refrigerator with an ice maker, a light, and a and
1: right. And, and it not
0: all the features, <laughs> and it not break right. You know that fast. Also, I need a handle for my refrigerator. Like my normal. freezer drawer does not open properly because it's missing <laughs> the handle. Mm. Guess where the only place you can get the handle is an official. Yep. Whirlpool handle. The handle is $100. Oh, my God.
1: I'm not paying your $100 <laughs> so that I got something to grab onto. I'll put a, a, a couple of pieces of tape on there and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I just pull it out crooked. <laughs> it straightens
0: itself out when it gets open. Do you? Is that what you do? It is what I do. And that's why my that's why my uh, ice thing is broken. Yes. Because <laughs> I didn't pay $100 for the handle, so I ended up breaking the top shelf Uh, because the door (laughs) twists when it comes open.
1: And it's not like we don't understand that the more things that go into something, the more complicated it is and the more often it is to break. Sure. But you can also still build it out of, you know, half decent materials that don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The cost cutting materials. But I mean, it's so funny because if you compare the average prices back then now, it's like, I bet, I mean, I haven't done this. I'm just assuming here, but I would, I would think we're paying, more for substandard materials yep. is what i'm yep. getting at
2: mm-hmm.
1: i worked at uh, an electronic store and we sold some uh, well i, I say electronic store it was multifaceted but uh, we sold appliances as well and there was a fridge that came in um new fridge it was had all the bells and whistles the both of the doors were near full screens and you could do anything you wanted on it. And you could put a note on there. You could pull up calculator. You could, you know, open up Facebook. You could do all all this stuff. No and more co- fridge magnets. <laughs> <laughs> and the cost to fix one of those doors was easily three fourths of the cost, right, uh, oh. of
0: the refrigerator. Yeah. Like if you ever had to have it fixed, it would, you would almost be paying for it all over again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish they made, made stuff better, but the problem is there's no going back. It's that Pandora's box. It's like all the companies know the consumers are ready and willing to just pay and then forget about it. And then they'll just come back and pay again when, when they need it again and Mm -hmm. they don't bat an eye. They don't, the company doesn't get a bad reputation because of it. So it's just not going to go away. It's
1: because we co- we've we
0: become comfortable. Yeah. And we've become comfortable at being massive consumers.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And that's, I mean, that's me too. I'm, I'm definitely,
2: I think you know, we're all there, just, there for the most yeah, part. I'm in the same boat.
0: It's no, it's no escaping the way that, that we live now, you know, but that leads directly into our next point, which is e-waste. Yes. Right? And the fact that we are massive consumers. Now, I admit I don't know a whole lot. I mean, I understand the concept of e-waste. and That's electronic waste. Yeah. Yeah, electronic waste. So, I mean, everything that has circuit boards and batteries and, and all of that stuff and, and screens and heavy metals, you know, in all of our electronics all that has to go somewhere. And from what I understand is it's generally shipped out of the country and it's shipped into Latin America or third world countries where they break it down, recycle the materials. But a lot of that stuff is it's not regulated. It, you know, it goes into water sources and like you got mercury poisoning and like, uh, cobalt poisoning. Really? And-
1: you know more about this than I do. That's for sure.
0: I mean, I've just, gen- I've heard general this, I am no know specifics. Like
1: I've barely heard anything about this.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, from like, go look it up. There's like, well, I know you guys are going to go yeah, look it up because that's are. your job. But, Listeners. You also go look it but up. But really you should look it up. I. But the thing is like, I, I still participate in it in the market. You know what I mean? I don't know what we can do about it is right. what I'm saying. Like, Hold the companies accountable, maybe. I, but who are the companies? We're perpetuating it still. We're the ones that are throwing it away. Right. The the company doesn't have any responsibility, liability once
1: we bought it. If anything, for the most part, they want to keep most of the waste. I think this one is probably going to be the one that informs us the most. Because I know we we all have an idea on. Well, considering we're the least
0: knowledgeable in this yeah. spot, I would say you're probably right. Yeah, I would I,
2: I would suppose so.
1: Just because, for the most part, we know how consumerism works on the... Planned uh, obsolescence. Yeah, planned and obsolescence and... Right to repair. Right to repair. Yeah.
0: I mean, those are fairly straightforward. And e-waste is fairly straightforward, too, but...
1: Yeah. yeah. I feel it has a lot more effects that we don't know about.
0: And it also seems like one that is... It's like one that we can do something about. Yeah. It's like worrying about it and trying to fix it could actually do something versus right to repair is a battle that can be fought. Um, it is being fought. And it is being fought. And, but planned obsolescence, I'm not sure there's a lot we can do about it.
1: No, you'd have to. But
0: there's no reason to not do something about E-Waste. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not.
1: There's a change that can be affected.
0: Yeah. And there's very little holding us back except our. Empathetic knowledge. Or lack thereof. Yeah. You know, uh, our awareness to the to problem, you know, I think that, and, and a good proposed solution. Right. I guess. And I, I, I can't wait till we come back. Cause I'd like to know more about the risks of the e-waste, but I have heard a lot about, um, the environmental problems caused by it. And not only that, this isn't exactly the same topic, but I mean, all of these heavy metals and all of the things that are mined for, uh, especially like cobalt and stuff that are mined for smart, Devices for electronics, how that is, um, affecting a lot about is affecting, um, the environment and the populations that it happens near. Cause it's doesn't generally happen here in the United States. Most of those mines are overseas. They're very few. And you know, the more distant we get from the problem, like this e-waste or, or the m- source problems, the mining problems, whatever it might be, the more distant you can be from it, the more emotionally disconnected you can feel yeah
1: right. we talked about this yeah. uh similar problem that people have in online discourse in the uh
2: divisive divisive persuasive. discourse
1: yeah where you have this disconnect of humanity between you and the other person online
0: yeah and you yeah, don't have it's a similar you don't have a personal connection or a face to someone who's got mercury poisoning because they're digging through right silicone scraps or whatever.
2: It's much easier to, yeah, not be as empathetic. It's, uh, easier to not put yourself in those shoes
0: and you can forget it. You can, Oh, absolutely. You can turn, you know, you can turn off that YouTube ad for that e-waste solution that came up. And then you can walk into a Starbucks and jump right back into consumerism. Right. Yeah. And that's not a, I mean, all of us do this. This is not, Oh, but I'm not preaching anyone here. We're all consumers. Absolutely. And we live in the same country and we live the same lifestyles. So I don't know the right solution, but I, I mean, I think it'll be an entertaining results podcast,
1: a counter because I'd like to see, there might actually be like a change we can enact.
0: There might be something out there yeah. that's worth accepting responsibility yeah. over, you know.
1: So, I think that's most of our knowledge
0: as for, limited as it may be. Yeah. For each I, kn- topic.
2: I knew nothing. I'm, I'm almost
1: I am If you haven't seen it, there's a video by Veritasium where he talks about um, planned ob- obsolescence of specifically of light bulbs and it's really good and if you have no idea what uh, planned obsolescence is go watch that you'll understand it by the end was Guarantee it, it was
0: planned obsolescence in the title or was it something about the longest running light bulb remember
1: the, uh, yeah something like that it was
0: something like because there's one i remember in the video there's one light bulb from like it's in a firehouse 1919 or something ridiculous yeah. like, like that and it's still burning oh i've heard of that. it's been yeah. on the whole time yeah and it's never turned off yeah It's not on a switch, just directly wired. So it just stays running.
1: Super good. Recommend that if you want an introduction into this.
0: Which they say a lot of, this is a little bit off topic, but they say a lot of light bulb fatigue comes from the on-off, on-off. Yep. The constant cooling and expansion of the light bulb. If it stays in stasis the whole time, it's not nearly as worn out. There's nothing you can do about that. We're always turning on and off our, our lights. Yeah, we don't recommend everyone leave all your lights on all the time (laughs) just because your light bulb would last longer.
1: Especially if you pay your own electricity. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think you'd come out on top that time.
0: Or if you care about carbon. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that's it for us this week, guys. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. I think
2: we'll be learning a lot this week. I definitely will. This is different from our normal routine.
0: I mean, our, our, our abstract thinking...
1: Yeah, real world oh, stuff.
0: Yeah, this yeah. is much more of a practical topic. It really is. It it, it is. It's good I, to be like down to earth a little bit because
2: we yeah, can be like I was. I was trying to think of any other like like non social or philosophical topics we've had. Yeah, and there's like none. Is there none? <laughs> is this it? Is this I'm the trying first one? I think like all of them you might be right or at least like social issues
0: you're right yeah i think you're right you're right i mean the only like semi-practical specific ones were like the ones related to the 1619 project but even those are social issues yep yeah and and the topic
2: was even presented that way
0: yeah it was even presented in a in a broader way yeah so i think you're that you may be right So, it's a trial by fire here for us because it's going to be a little more specific. Yep. Yeah. And less... uh, What's your idea?
2: Yeah. Less thought-provoking, more... Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd say less thought-provoking, but less... Well, you said it, you know, abstract-minded.
1: Do me a favor, everyone. While this is playing, go to Facebook on your phone and find one of our posts that has um, the topics listed on it. And... Look down the comments. You'll see some of our sources. And if you'll, you can do me a favor, interact with us a bit there. See, Tell us what you thought about the episode or what you thought about the topic, your personal experiences with the topic. Um, you can find us at Kenner Encounter Podcast on Facebook. And if you have a topic you
2: want to submit to have us talk about, you can go to com slash submit. Put whatever you're thinking of in there. We'll be drawing it hopefully here soon and we'd appreciate it
1: doesn't even have to be philosophical i guess
2: right yeah apparently not <laughs> unbeknownst to me
0: <laughs> it was a nice break from thinking I, so much yeah i didn't want to restate the word abstract again i was trying to come up with something else but
1: tell us about your day tell, <laughs> tell us what problems you had with your refrigerator yeah yeah
0: and if you enjoy listening to us today, we'd really appreciate it if you'd go on our website, canterencounter.com, and at the top there's a PodChaser link, and you can review us there. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know how good we are, how crappy we are. It doesn't matter as long as you're candid. We love it. Well, that does it for us today, guys. We're tapping out. We're going home. Just remember, we love you as a human being.
1: So until next time, take um, it easy. You spit it out (laughs) Uh, So if you don't know what pan Hmm, mm. (laughs) If you don't know what a pan is (laughs) If you don't know pan Obsolescence